Welcome to the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. I'm Bill Yates, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, and today we're talking with Jeff Yao about his recently accepted paper entitled, Auditory Adaptation Improves Tactile Frequency Perception. This paper was included in March's APS Select, a collection of the very best original research papers published by the American Physiological Society. Before we begin, let's meet our guests. Hi, I'm Jeff Yao from Baylor College of Medicine, and my lab studies perception, multisensory processing, and sensory motor function. Hi, I'm Carmel Levitan from Occidental College. My research focuses on how the different senses interact, such as how visual information can influence how we perceive sound and the reverse. Hello, I'm Christos Konstantinidis, a professor of neurobiology and anatomy from the Wake Forest School of Medicine and an associate editor of the Journal of Neurophysiology. Jeff, this was a very interesting study that uh, we very much enjoyed handling for the journal. Could you give us a little background about your study and how auditory stimulation affects tactile frequency perception? Sure. Previous work from our lab and others have showed that our sense of hearing can systematically influence the way that we perceive vibrations that are experienced on our hands. Our current study built on these findings, and rather than looking at interactions between co-occurring sounds and vibrations, we instead focused on whether initial exposure to sound can alter the subsequent way that we experience vibrations. We found that prolonged exposure to sounds can improve the subsequent ability of participants to discriminate vibrations that differed in frequency. We then provided a mechanistic explanation for these results using a computational model in which we assumed that there are sensory neurons that represent both auditory and tactile frequency information and that these neurons undergo particular adaptive changes as a consequence of the initial exposure to sounds. This work collectively implies that auditory and tactile frequency processing rely, at least in part, on common neural circuits. You found cross-modal transfer from audition to touch for frequency information, but not for intensity information. Do you think this is due to details about how your experiments were run or reflects something about why some representations might be neurally shared across modalities, whereas others might not? Do you have ideas about why intensity might be more sensory specific than frequency? So we found that auditory adaptation did not influence subsequent tactile judgments of intensity. And this is actually consistent with our previous work that showed that sounds also do not bias the perceived intensity of co-occurring vibrations. So tactile intensity perception appears to be invulnerable to online and offline auditory influences. Interestingly, we and others have shown that touch can influence the perceived loudness of sounds. So it isn't simply the case that our sensory modalities do not interact in the intensity domain. Why there are different patterns for audio tactile interactions in frequency versus intensity perception is still a mystery, but this must reflect the ways that the sensory signals are encoded and decoded in the brain. So before we can really answer your question, we'll need a better understanding of how different sensory features like frequency or intensity are encoded and read out from neural populations and how these processes are shared across sensory modalities. In your paper, it seemed very important that auditory and tactile stimulation were presented separately. Can you tell us a bit more about why that was so crucial? Yeah, so the previous work uh, that demonstrated audition and touch can interact in the frequency domain for the most part relied on signals that overlapped in time. And these perceptual interactions could then be explained by a number of different potential mechanisms. 
One exciting possibility is that auditory and tactile frequency information is represented by the same neural populations. In this case, audio-tactile interactions would then result from the explicit convergence of signals in neurons that represent both senses. An alternative possibility is that auditory and tactile information is represented independently in two separate neural populations. And in this case, audio-tactile interactions would result from interactions between these distinct neural populations. In order to tease these apart, we use an adaptation paradigm that dissociated the signals from the two senses in time. Adaptation is a phenomenon in which neurons change their response properties as a function of stimulation history. And we reason that if the same neurons supported both audition and touch, altering the response properties of these neurons through auditory adaptation should affect the way that tactile stimuli are subsequently processed and perceived. If on the other hand, audition and touch were represented independently, we predicted that touch would be unaffected by auditory adaptation. And our data clearly supported the case in which some neurons support both audition and touch. Jeff, in your recent review paper with Greg DeAngelis and Dora Angelaki, you discussed the idea that there's increasing evidence that sensory cortices are not fully segregated and suggest that one might think about the functions supported by particular cortical areas. Do you think that your results arise because there's an area of the brain devoted to temporal frequency processing regardless of input modality? If so, do you think that area would be an auditory cortex? If not, do you think your results likely arise due to connections between auditory and tactile brain areas or due to input from a multisensory brain area? There's certainly a growing body of evidence that brain regions we traditionally consider to be dedicated to one sensory modality can in fact respond to multiple senses. I may not go so far as to claim that a single brain area is dedicated to temporal frequency processing regardless of input modality, but it may be the case that there are distributed networks of brain areas that work together to support cognitive operations for multiple senses. Auditory cortex can respond to touch alone, and we have recent data suggesting that traditionally defined somatosensory cortex can respond to sound stimuli in a frequency-specific manner. There are ample anatomical connections between somatosensory and auditory cortical systems, especially in periosteum and cortex, so it may very well be the case that a number of brain regions could support both audition and touch. One of the particularly notable aspects of your lab is how you use converging methods. For instance, this paper brings together psychophysics and computational modeling, but you also have experience with neural recording, fMRI, and transcranial magnetic stimulation. How is this project informed by these experiences? And how might you use those other techniques to build upon this project? Our recent studies have been motivated by published reports indicating clear perceptual and neural interactions between audition and touch. Again, these studies hinted that there were two sensory modalities that may be supported by common neural circuits, but this hypothesis was rarely tested explicitly. We use an adaptation paradigm to address this knowledge gap in the current study. We have also recently used adaptation paradigms in neuroimaging experiments in attempts to identify brain regions that may contain neurocircuits capable of supporting both senses. These neuroimaging studies have guided our recent brain stimulation experiments that causally test the hypothesis that common networks support auditory and tactile frequency processing. We're in the process of writing these studies up now, so please keep an eye out for them in the near future. I'd like to thank our guests for participating in today's discussion of the article, 
Auditory Adaptation Improves Tactile Frequency Perception, part of the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. Thank you.